0: Eight Steps to a New You. We are on part five of our study in the Beatitudes or those passages of Scripture in Matthew 5 that say, blessed are you when you have then these eight qualities. And so far, we've looked at blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, and learned that that means that we understand just how much we need God, that we are completely destitute. And when you understand that, you reach out to God. You know you need Him. Then we learned from there, you build on top of that, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, that we mourn that depraved state. And in that mourning, God comforts us with His forgiveness. From there, we learn that we have God's strength, that we're weak, but He is strong. And we learn that blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. That the people that have the strength of God, they're the ones that overcome And then last time we talked about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. When you hunger for the right thing, you get filled with the right thing. If you've already filled yourself with all kinds of junk, then you're not really hungry when the good food is served. In the same way, we fill ourselves up with the junk of the world and we're not hungry for God. So now we build on that with with action. Today we talk about blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. One of my favorite movie clips of all time is so powerful. It's out of the movie Les Miserables. And it's the scene when Jean Valjean is hiding out at the priest's home. And the priest gives him comfort and and, um, food and a place to stay without judgment. And he welcomes him into his home, even though the others in the home are a bit skeptical. Well, they're a lot skeptical. And that night, Jean Valjean and his depravity and in his uh, poverty, sneaks out and steals uh, some silver, and specifically some silver candlesticks, or rather some, just some silver dishes and so on. And he gets caught by the police and gets brought back to the home. And the priest, without batting an eye, says, no, this person is my friend. And he forgot the candlesticks that I had given him. That show of mercy change Valjean's life. Now, I know it's a story, but it's a great story on how kindness leads to repentance. Kindness and mercy is what breaks people and leads them into a true relationship with God. And when we are kind to others, we realize, or we rather, when we're kind to others, it's evidence that we know and have experienced the kindness of God. So let's walk through this piece by piece. Mercy. Mercy is uh, defined... Kind or compassionate treatment of an offender or adversary when severity is expected or deserved. So when someone has definitely offended you, an enemy or in a a moment, they're an enemy, maybe they were a friend, but they've offended you. uh, And instead of getting angry, instead of punishing them, instead of lashing out, you show kindness and compassion instead. Now they expected to get a negative response but instead of that negative response, you gave them kindness instead. Have you ever needed mercy? God thinks so. He knows so. That's why he went to the cross, because we all have needed his mercy. We've all been an offender. We've all offended God. And because we've offended him, he is truly our adversary. Although in our eyes, he's a loving, kind God, but we've set ourselves against him. And instead of punishing us, he goes to the cross and he offers his life. That's mercy. He shows us his kindness and his forgiveness. Mercy has the right to judge and the power to judge, but chooses not to judge. You have every right to, to punish that person or to, or to uh, uh, bring a negative reaction to that person. And you have the ability to do so, but you choose not to. Therefore, mercy is about freedom. It's freeing yourself from being the judge and freeing others from your own judgment. Mercy buys the soul. God's kindness purchased us. It led us to repentance. And this scripture says, how blessed are those who have learned the secret of freedom by releasing someone of your own personal judgment through mercy. So now the question comes up, why should I show mercy? I mean, what's the point? If, If someone's offended me, then I owe it to them. They deserve it. They're going to get what they deserve, and I know I've, I struggle with this one. I really do because I've got this sense of of justice inside that if someone does something, they're going to pay. And you know, I even got to admit that the revenge movies that come on where somebody's done something horrible to someone else, uh, I don't want them to to be shown mercy. I want them to pay. And but that's not God's heart. Whenever I'm, I've got that that judgmental you deserve it and you're going to pay for it, heart, I have completely forgotten how much mercy God has shown me. Now, in Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35, Jesus uh, tells a story uh, that is uh, prompted by a uh, conversation he had with Peter. And Peter comes to the Lord and says, Lord, when someone offends me, how many times should I forgive him? Up to seven times? And he's quoting Amos, the prophet of God, possibly, uh, when he writes about forgiveness and forgiving three times, and then the fourth time, uh, God's wrath would fall on him or, or man's wrath would fall on him. So when Peter offers seven times, he thinks he's really you know doubling down on, on Amos's prophetic word, thinking he's being very generous, when really, Jesus responds, no, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now you do the math, that's 490. So is there a limit, 491? Now you can just blast them? No, he's, he's saying that to express, listen, it's an unlimited amount. Never stop showing mercy. There's no limit. Why? Because God's limit never runs out with us. Don't be confused now by forgiveness, or don't confuse forgiveness with stupidity. Remember, forgiveness and trust are two different things. You can forgive someone, show mercy to someone, but not entrust yourself to them and not let yourself be continually walked on. That's important to know. Um, but Jesus then tells a, a, a parable that, that helps us understand his statement about not seven times, but 70 times seven, show mercy. And so he tells a story of, about a servant who owed what is equivalent to millions of dollars, just an impossible sum to pay back. And the servant wants more time to pay back this debt, as if he really could. I mean, there's just no way it's going to happen. But the servant falls on the mercy of, at this, in this story, the king, who the servant owes this money. And the king takes pity on the servant and wipes away the entire debt, the millions and millions of debt, the debt that would never be able to be paid back. This king has compassion. Now, he has the right to take his family and sell them. He has the right to put this person in debtor's prison. He has the power to do so, but he chooses to show mercy instead. And he lets this man go and shows him compassion. Now, this same guy then goes to another person who owes the equivalent of about 40 bucks. Now, listen, the guy who just was shown mercy, who owed millions, goes to somebody else who owes him 40 bucks, something that's relatively easy to be paid back, but this person is struggling. And after he's been showed mercy, he goes to this guy, grabs him by the throat, begins to choke him, demanding what is due to him. You know, what hypocrisy. And this servant who owed the money begs with the same words that the choker just used. Please be patient with me. Please give me time to pay back the debt. But this person who was just freed of millions has no compassion, no mercy, and he has him thrown into prison. Now, he has the right to do that. He has the power to do that under the law. The difference is that he could have shown mercy and he didn't, even though he was shown mercy. The story goes on that the king who heard about this scenario after he had shown this guy mercy, hears about it and says, are you kidding me? There's no way I'm going to get that guy because he didn't understand compassion. He didn't give compassion the way he'd received compassion. So he took him, threw him in prison, locked him up for his unforgiveness. I hope you can see yourself in this story we are the first servant who owed millions. We could never repay God for the violation of his holiness with our sin. Never going to pay it back, ever. Yet God went to the cross, forgave us, and showed us mercy. Then, how can then we turn around and when someone says something that we don't like or offends us or uh, even violates us in some way, it's, it's, it hurts, it's, it's really a violation, it's true, but it's in no way in comparison to the debt that God forgave us with. So how can we not show mercy when we've been shown mercy? If we don't, we display that we don't understand mercy at all and we don't understand the great gift that God gave us. So why should I show mercy? Number one, because I needed mercy and God gave it to me. Simple as that. I needed him. I cried out to him. I didn't deserve it, but he gave it to me anyway. Number two, showing mercy is evidence that we understand our own desperate condition. Remember, we're poor in spirit. We know we were desperate. And when we were desperate, we cried out to God and God forgave us. We've seen the filth of an ugliness of our own sin. We found no uh, uh, hope anywhere except in Jesus and falling on our face before him. We asked for mercy and he gave it to us. When we show mercy to someone else, it shows that we understand our own desperate condition and that we forgive the little thing in comparison to the thing we've been forgiven, which was great. Number three, showing mercy is evidence that we understand the heart of God. Mercy sees the offender through the eyes of pity. When God saw us in our state, he had pity on us and he reached out and he saved us. The eyes of mercy see the adversary as the one who is inescapably bound by hell itself. They are slaves of death, slaves of their own uh, darkness, and the light sets them free. Mercy sets them free. The Jesus in us is moved to show compassion. Number four, if we do not give mercy, we won't receive mercy. Very clearly in the Sermon on the Mount, or rather in the uh, Lord's Prayer, at the end of that statement, Jesus says, and whoever does not forgive will not be forgiven. For how can, he forgive? how can the Father forgive him when he won't forgive others? It's the same principle. If Jesus gave everything to us and we won't give a little to somebody else, how can he extend that mercy? We don't understand his heart. James chapter 2.13 says this, judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. That's powerful truth. So I want to be more merciful. How do I develop this kind of heart? Well, number one, recognize your own spiritual depravity. You need mercy. If you understand your own, case, your own situation, then you'll give mercy to someone else. So you got to understand first and recognize, go back to step number one, you are poor in spirit. You've got nothing to offer, yet God gave you mercy. Number two, Recognize God's unconditional mercy. Receive what God is giving. When you receive God's mercy and you are so thankful and so blessed and so just hope-filled, how can we not then turn around and give that to somebody else? Number three, recognize the hypocrisy of receiving without giving. It's absolutely horrible hypocrisy to receive such a great gift of God and then not extend it to somebody else we got to watch for God's judgment when we do that cuz he will judge us and he'll he'll show us what's what he's a loving father but he'll teach us a lesson and number 4 recognize the image of God in every person every single person on this planet God loves the best and the worst and really that statement best and the worst that comes from a man's uh perspective cuz God doesn't judge sin The one sin is no greater or worse than the other. It might have greater consequences on this earth, but in regard to breaking God's law, sin is sin. We're all a mess. We're all in trouble. We're all poor of spirit, and we all need to mourn and understand his strength and hunger and thirst for his righteousness so that, therefore, we can be merciful. Every single person bears the image of God, and who are we? to judge someone who bears the image of God. Only the image giver, God himself, can judge somebody. We don't have the opportunity to do that. So I'm so thankful for his mercy. It does go hand in hand with grace. Simply put, mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. And God didn't give us what we did deserve. We deserve punishment. We deserve hell. We deserve God's wrath. And God said, no, I'm going to give them compassion, and show mercy and not punish them. And then he turns right around and gives us grace. He promises us heaven, eternal life, eternal glory. We don't deserve any of that, but grace gives it to us. So let's never forget grace and mercy, not getting what we do deserve and getting what we don't deserve. That's the love of God. And if we show mercy, we will be shown mercy. God bless you today. Let's go out and be merciful people. Talk to you next time.